morning, future Alex. It is day 16 today. It's March the 24th. And today I want to talk a bit about how Mail Merge 365 began. So this was around January 2019. It was the new year. My previous company that I'd worked for was failing and I decided it was time to create a new plan. I knew I wanted to stay in entrepreneurship. That's what I'd been doing, that's what I knew and what I was comfortable with. But my first decision I made was, okay, I want to try solo. I had started startups with founding teams of four, then two. And while each and every one were great co-founders with, you know, knowledgeable and great to work with, there was always this nagging thought of, could you do it alone? Which led into the second decision of starting a large or a small idea. I decided if I wanted to build my tool belt, as in my skill set for entrepreneurship, I'd rather build and test that on a smaller scale idea than on a large one. Also, my previous companies had always been larger ideas or with larger markets. So I thought a smaller one would be an interesting change. So next off, the question was, what type of business? So will it be a, an info product, a course, a one-off software product, or software as a service? Now, software as a service is sort of the king slash queen of the domain, albeit while Rob Walling from, you know, Startups for the Rest of Us, MicroConf, Tiny Seed, pretty much says not to start with SaaS. And he knows his stuff. It's difficult and it has a so-called slow ramp of death. So that was always at the back of my mind when making this decision. But at the same time, it was a little different for me because it wasn't the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. I already founded companies. So I wasn't necessarily starting with SaaS and I had experience doing it before. The companies before that failed in the SaaS part of the business, but nevertheless, I did have experience in, in, in that domain. But of course, these warnings were at the back of my mind. Rob's a successful entrepreneur, so you take his advice quite highly. So I tried to break it down and realistically have a look at info products or, or courses as an option. But fact is, I am an experienced developer and not really a teacher. The amount of time I'd need to create a compelling info product or course would cost me about as much time as building software to the same quality. So I already knew info products or course was not something I was going to go after. So the next question was one-off product or or a SaaS? One-off product meaning something like a WordPress plugin or, or things like that. The marketing effort for both would be the same. I needed to learn it either way or to apply it either way. And given the choice, do I want to invest my marketing time in a one-off product or a recurring SaaS? Well, in this case, I would go for the bigger challenge and not the smaller one. But ultimately, it just came down to interest. I was pulled towards SaaS. I always wanted to have the SaaS product, not so much for running SaaS as a business, but just to have all these components that a SaaS requires from, you know, 
recurring billing, the help and support things. I wanted to experience all these components together. So came down to a subjective decision and not really one based on any empiric data. Interestingly enough, my pricing decisions later on actually included a one-off pricing component, uh, which is still in MailMerge 365 today, which I think reflects this dilemma, which I had early on, between, you know, is it easier to sell a one-off product or a subscription? So I was kind of leaving the door open for for these one-off sales, albeit still developing a, a SaaS foundation. So being risk-averse at heart, I, I sort of laid out the following plan. I had some savings, but a large chunk of that already went into the failed business prior to that. And I decided I wanted to end the year at least cash neutral and in best case, cash positive so I could invest some more time in 2020 into building the company. So did some back of the napkin calculations and decided six months were going to be invested in this new venture and six months I was going to do full-time freelancing and then building the business on the side. Then came the question of, okay, which product? I spent about a month with different ideas. I basically searched forums and and communities uh, that I knew of and, and tried to figure out are there any things many people search of or is there any repeating term um, or question or problem. Uh, This is basically a version of what Amy Hoy coins sales safari, albeit probably not as deep uh, as she recommends doing it. It was during this time that I realized something that because I had a Microsoft development background, this gave me an advantage over other bootstrappers. I didn't fear the Microsoft ecosystem as much. I knew the intricacies. I sort of knew the Microsoft way of doing things. And while most bootstrappers jumped onto Google ecosystems like Gmail, there was a massive market of Office 365 clients and customers that I thought was largely untapped. Looking at their ecosystem, you could see there were large companies in the enterprise market that targeted Office 365 customers, but not not so much the smaller solutions. So I went down that rabbit hole and decided to focus my search on products that were available on Gmail or G Suite, but not on Office 365. And I came up with three ideas that I thought were worth testing. One, which was then later to become Mail Merge 365. I ranked these ideas based on mentions in communities and around the web. So I had a, a, a ranking and I wanted to know, could I actually reach an audience for that specific product? The playbook here is fairly common. You buy Google ads on the keywords that you think are right. And I decided to run run an experiment for a possible mail merge product on Office 365. Testing was fairly straightforward. Buy ads, send them to a landing page and collected email addresses. And this worked amazingly well. And email signups poured in day after day. And this really motivated me at the time. Now I realize how utterly bad both the methodology was that I was applying and how lucky I was that I misinterpreted the results at the time. None of the signups on the landing page during the testing period and the subsequent two months where I was developing uh, and still collecting, none of them converted into an account, not a single one. Google literally sent 100% rubbish traffic to me. Now, yes, this was a mix of me choosing bad keywords. I remember my top term 
was Office 365, a very broad term with a lot of searches, which I thought was good at the time. After all, some percentage of these would be interested in an Office 365 product, right? But my call to action on the landing page was just an email form. It should have at least been an Office 365 sign-up page, something where you could link an account and not just an email form, because that would have filtered out almost everyone on that list that you know just came, came by and, and decided to submit the form. It would have at least given me a, yes, very much l- smaller list, but it would have given me a list of Office 365 customers at least. I should have noticed that most of these signups were Gmail addresses, but at the time, to be honest, I was just happy to get some action on the landing page, right? That motivation is a big part of starting a business. And I was really pumped and ready to get going on development. So essentially, it was just pure luck that the signal from the ads was positive, albeit completely wrong. But with hindsight, the community search was actually the best signal for the channel that was ultimately going to work. I spent the next two months building the product to an MVP state. I decided to add the payment infrastructure right from the get-go, which probably took it a bit further than an MVP. But Alex at this time was absolutely sure that the traffic was just waiting to be served. So yeah, it made sense to me at the time. I launched in April of 2019 and invited about half of the list then and the rest two weeks later. I used my own system for sending out these emails and tracking who clicked on links. And even after two weeks, only a minute percentage of the list even clicked on the link to the homepage. So at first, I was actually worried that my tracking system wasn't working and and started debugging my own software. Unfortunately, it was working as expected, and the list just turned out to be completely useless. Thankfully, during April and May, I got distracted almost full-time with issues regarding my previous company. So I basically left Mail Merge 365 running and didn't, you know, didn't really do much on that. And I'm thankful now because I, I have no idea what my demotivated self, what decisions I would have made at that point. It was then that something surprising happened. I got my first payment notification from my provider that someone had bought a subscription. And yes, the excitement of that first email is is still surreal. Yes, I did do a little dance when I first got that one. I think everyone does that. A week later, another one came. And then two more. And I ended up April with 500 euros in revenue and five new annual customers. And while I was still demotivated that the list was useless, but this kind of did confirm that, yes, there was traffic out there. I just didn't realize where that traffic was coming from. And it was only when I sat down and and tried to figure out what channel was bringing me leads and users was that it was the office store. People were searching in there for mail merge they saw a solution that was called Mail Merge 365 and decided to try it out. And the simplicity of my MVP, uh, it basically just got the job done that it advertised, must have convinced people to trust this essentially new business. Like there were no reviews, there were no testimonials. But compared to the other solutions in the store, which were very often Mail Merge add-ons for like a big CRM and extensions of larger software businesses, mine was a simple solution that solved a problem. And a fun fact is that many people never looked at the homepage, even those that converted. They installed the plugin, 
they used it, they converted, all without seeing any of the copy I had written to try and convince them. So I spent my one remaining month of this six-month period dedicated to the product on fixing bugs, smoothing out the processes, and ironing out any kinks that had come up with, with first customers. But then it was time to start my freelance contract and let it run. And that's basically how I started MailMerge365. And we're approaching first year anniversary now. And we're about to cross the 1 million cent email mark. That mark wouldn't have been possible without a decision I made in November 2019, which was to rip out the back end of the MVP and replace it with a scalable system. Now, that was a tough time, but it's also a story for another time. I'll talk to you tomorrow.